Welcome to Phone Sex with Lily Show, where talent in front and behind the camera is showcased and explored. As you can imagine, there are a lot of characters and personalities in this industry. Listen as they share their stories. But first, grab your lube and get comfortable because the guests will unknowingly be subjected to phone sex with a porn star, webcam model, and your host, Lily Craven. Hello. Hi. Hey, did you see that new guy across the way? I was looking at him through my fence today while I gardened. Isn't he just amazing? He's just delicious. I want to rip off that sweaty shirt with my teeth. I know. Who needs that shirt? He doesn't. No, he doesn't need pants either. Oh, definitely not. That bulge is just, um, oh my goodness. You know, he's working with something. I just want to have him crawling on all fours on the living room floor, just so I can admire his magnificent ass and his beautiful arm muscles. And I just want to worship him. And and especially on a hot day when the sweat is just glistening on his body and dripping off him. Oof. I mean, we could drag him to the shower. We could do that. Um, I, I, I can come up with an excuse for him to come over. I think we need to bring in the welcome wagon. He's new to the neighborhood. He is new. Maybe we should go to him and go inside his place and bring him dinner and stuff. I'm going to make my cinnamon rolls where the glaze is poured all over mm. every beautiful crevice of delicious dough. And he's going to think about his glaze. And I'm going to bring the booze. Let's get him nice and toasty. But not too toasty because we want him to work. Yeah, we need, we need everything to still work for sure. He has no idea what street he moved to, does he? No, he doesn't. And you know what? You're like... You're like the nice neighbor that I get along with. So I say we keep him to ourselves. Oh, totally. We're not telling any of the other bitches here. here. No, we're not going to. No, they're like bottom feeders. They're like vultures sitting there waiting for a piece of flesh. I want him to be our pool boy. Oh, yes. I, I, I think I'm having problems with my pool. You know, it looked green the other day when I talked to you. So we should definitely have him, you know, take a nice long check of the filter and everything. And yes. Oh, oh, I fell in. Oh, no. Oh, my. Um, Yes, we better check those filters. (laughs) Rescue me. Rescue me. Oh, no, this this tiny little bathing suit just doesn't want to stay on. I know. My boobs never stay inside these tops. Could you imagine sandwiching him between our tits? Oh, I actually can. I bet his head would explode. You're <laughs> listening to Phone Sex with Lily Show. And I am here today with Sarah Valmont. Hello. Hello. And how about you introduce yourself? <clears throat> well, um, you said my name, so, so they, yeah. they, they know who I am, but I am a writer um, in the adult industry. I've, uh, I've always been behind the scenes since 2013 when I got 
kind of my first ever gig doing scripts for a small animated porn studio. And, uh, you know, all throughout, you know, the years, it was just sort of like I was orbiting porn until finally in 2018, we made it official. And I, I, you know, got my first full time job um, as a copywriter for an adult marketing company. And then when COVID hit, you know, I went off in all kinds of other exciting directions. So uh, that's me. And, you know, I'm, I'm hidden in the shadows. Now, now, how did you describe yourself to me? You said that you were the glory hole where? <laughs> oh, God. This is, this is like a terrible comment I made. Um, <laughs> it was funny, though. But I'm just like, look, sometimes I feel like I'm a gas station glory hole. Because <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm putting out so much content, but no one knows that it's necessarily me. Because there's a lot of ghostwriting. There's a lot of non-disclosure forms and other things that I do. Um, like, and case in point, anything I do for um, Penthouse is I give away all rights because it's, you know, it's theirs to use. and you know, people will be happy with it and, 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 but they don't know it's necessarily my story or, or anything like that. So it was a change of pace when I got to work with Angie Roundtree and, and wrote the feature of Mirror Game. Cause it's like, Oh wow, my name's on something. Oh, <laughs> you know? yeah. Cause that, that's gotta be, I mean, sometimes most of us are, our talent is camera whores. So if you, <laughs> you're obviously not one of them that needs to, you know, be in the spotlight. It, it, no, it sometimes gives me kind of uh, dizziness. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't mind. Public, I don't mind public speaking or, or debating necessarily, but like, um, you know, I mean, I think it takes such a whole other uh, set of talents to do what people do, especially if you're fucking on camera. Holy cow! <laughs> <laughs> now, now, since we're showcasing you here today, uh, so. You've won like some awards or you've had some nominations that are pretty big ones. Um, yeah, it was really, um, it, it took us completely by surprise because um, when we made Mirror Game, you know, it, it, Shush is a small indie studio. We don't have the big budget of uh, necessarily some of the, the larger studios out there. Um, but, you know, we, she had made, um, both, um, you know, the regular explicit cut and then the R rated cut. And there's actually a feature in X biz magazine that Angie did about, you know, just if, if you are in porn, how do you make an R rated cut? What makes sense? Um, and we submitted the R rated cut to a number of different film festivals. And that's what really blew me away is seeing how well it did just basically on the story, really, because we're not allowed to show anything, you know, porn-like in the R-rated cut, obviously. Um, so uh, we won at Cannes Silk Road, um, Hollywood Blood Horror, um, over, I think at this point, 57 awards from just the, the indie film circuit. And six in Yes, yeah, six Indie X Awards, which um, got us the AVN nom for Mainstream Venture of the Year 2022, which we didn't win, but it was just really cool cool to be nominated like oh yeah wow well congratulations that's that's huge yeah and then like anytime we won something like best horror short or best fantasy short I mean I take it like yay they like my story but um one day I'm just sitting here minding my own business and and I get a call and she's like look at your screen I'm like what and I won best short script at Toronto of Clift, which is like the, you know, not yeah. there's Toronto International Film Festival, which is like for the big Oscar qualifying movies. But if you're a little indie film, you get Toronto of, of, of Clift or yeah. Wow. Like that. So, and you um, did win that one. Really like, 
yeah, I won best short script for mirror game up there. So I could not. Um, Incredible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you really got cool. to say who you were. I know. Like, I was like, really? I emerged from the shadows. How interesting. <laughs> now, if you wrote, say, a script or wrote for, say, Penthouse, uh, and they own all the rights to it, do they get the awards or do they, like, how would that work? So I don't do their movie scripts, but I work okay. for their publications. Okay. Um, and, you know, but yeah, they would probably get the award, you know, because uh, no, nobody, well, first of all, Penthouse is not going to submit to SIFT of Toronto. <laughs> Well, uh, yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I mean, like, you know, if you're part of a team and your team happens to win the X-Biz or AVN nom, you know, it's something to be thrilled and delighted with. Because, you know, what I learned going through the process, you know, instead of just submitting one-off 20-minute scenes, you know, like I've done before, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, you know, is seeing just that, you know, there's a team involved when you really want to dedicate yourself to a project. So it, it's, it's the writer, it's the producer, it's the director, it's, um, it's the talent, of course, obviously. And, I, and we were very lucky with, with Mirror Game that uh, the people we cast were really good in their roles. So it makes me really appreciate that, you know, um, unlike a novel or a short story, when I give away a, a screenplay, it's like, okay, I'm, go- I'm going to let you hold the baby now. Don't drop it. Don't drop it. <laughs> no <Like>, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we we yeah. all have a, have a part in raising this mutant child <laughs> into something yeah beautiful and successful <laughs> absolutely yeah now now when you start to say you get an assignment and you're going to write where where do you go in your own mind like do you go out to the coffee shop do you sit down and start you know brainstorming how, how do you start your yeah. process no, that's a good question. Definitely pre-COVID, I was more of a coffee shop people watcher. But um, the last two years, I've just kind of gotten more introverted, which is probably not so good for a writer because we're already like, you know, we have to be. Um, so I'm an introverted extrovert because I really do love people. And when I'm done with a big deadline, it's like, okay, all right, all right. Who wants to go have dinner? I'm lonely. <laughs> You know, yeah. um, you need that contact and, and it's, it's so important, but you know, like actually I just got uh, my penthouse assignments for the June, July issue. And I, you know, sometimes we'll get to pick categories depending on need. And sometimes the editor will be like, no professor dynamics because we've gotten enough like academic stories from people. I'm like, okay. Um, but this one, <laughs> yeah. she'll, be like, she'll be like, I want a female submissive. And I'm like, Barbara, come on. I wrote you three female submissives. I'm bored with it. And, and it's nowhere near as fun as writing about a sad little man. Yes. <laughs> yes, it, it is. And, and you're definitely a spokesperson, world well, spokesperson, you write it, but you, you like the strong um, feminine role for the characters, for the female characters? I think, you know, if I'm writing the scene, I definitely prefer it only because it just feels like there's so much out there already with female submission that it gets kind of boring to me. And I'm sure people on the on the female submission side of the fence are going, damn it. No, that's not true. Um, so I, I love you. I respect you. I understand. I oh, absolutely. Um, yes. But, you know, like, I guess. Uh, for me, when especially with kink writing, there's some level of theatrics in kink writing that you don't get in, in other erotica. 
And uh, just because kink is so mental, right? It's so much about the communication between the people. And so I really have to take the time to like get into the heads of my hypothetical characters and think about them and think about, okay, what excites him about this scene? What excites her going into it? Like, where are they mentally? And then you want it to be absolutely combustible when it's it's happening. So like, you know, the, the case of the, you know, the high powered man who enjoys submission, um, I thought, okay, this is somebody who's a type A, super organized maniac, and he'd probably be attracted to a woman who shared that as a dom. And so he starts off by saying, you know, when we're going to have a day, everything needs to be perfect. I lay out her stockings, I put the shoes, I detail her car, I but you know, like he has like a whole list of protocols. And I yes. want for my reader, because I know that the person who's attracted to reading this story is going to be like, oh yes, me too. You know, <laughs> like like yes. Know, it's it sets them up for that you know that pleasure and that fun of reading but it it empathizes with people and I think that's the biggest joy and most important part of my process as a writer is to uh, sit here and empathize with people who may not you know it might not be my thing to want to have a threesome it might not be my thing to want whatever but I need to make it a point to sit down and think about how does this person feel who does want it? What appeals to them? You know, what is it like to be them essentially? Because especially when we're doing erotica, we have to be so authentic. You can't just be like, oh yes, fuck, fuck. Oh yes. And and no, everybody's going to see right through that. (laughs) Like, come on. You know, like there's no thinking. (laughs) So now with you saying that, um, that it needs to be authentic, you now do you experience this in your personal life to be able to authenticate it (laughs) is that an off-limit question (laughs) i mean how can you write about something from their mindset without experiencing say that kink but i'm sure you do extreme kinks so maybe you don't necessarily have to experience it um, well, I would, I would look at how any fiction writer operates, right? Um, you know, mm-hmm. half the, half of the fiction section when you go into any bookstore is about people writing about things that they've never experienced, never touched, never even dreamed of until something set them off. And so, you know, it's a time honored tradition to be able to put yourself in other people's shoes and just kind of go with it. Now, that being said, I still do my research. You know, I've read, you know, what I need to read. Like if I, if, if I get approached to say, Hey, please do this rope bondage story. Well, the fuck, what do I know? You know, like I don't, I don't do that in real life. So okay. So that's go, a no. Yeah. Look it up for instance. Right. Yes. No, um, you know, um, it's, uh, it's all about, you know, you doing your research and you, you know, really coming to the table armed with those facts and then just having, having the empathy, especially to really, especially when it comes to sex, because it's the most vulnerable and primal thing, but, but vulnerable, right? What really is making that person tick on the inside that they probably won't share with you at a casual dinner, you know? Yes. Um, you know, so just it's it's kind of a thing, just being like, I guess, half Deanna Troy, right? Reaching inside them and trying to go, okay, I understand where you're coming from, Footman. Yes, I do. Okay, let's let 
let me talk about those beautiful arches and give you a, you know, the vivid detail of this and this and, you know, take them to the place they want to go when they're fantasizing. And uh, with that, I would also say that it's totally always okay to have fantasies, to read about fantasies that you don't want in real life, because that's what it's there for. It's a space for your brain to just kind of go, you know, and yeah, and through things. That's that's a, that's an interesting way of of looking at it. I mean, same as like okay, so the foot thing. Do you think ultimately, regardless of what your fetish is, that it all goes to the same place in their mind as yeah. as another fetish? Like it takes you to that that place that's the same for everybody, but just in a different method of getting there. Absolutely. It takes you okay. to a place of, of release, I think, you know, um, what, whatever shape that might take for you or me or some hypothetical guy reading Penthouse or, or whatever on Amazon, he's, you know, he or she, because um, women are rabid consumers of erotica as well. Um, you know, it's all about looking for that, that release and that elation that maybe they're not getting in real life. True. And it's going to ultimately to the same place, which would allow you the ability to write about going to that end place, which is the same for everybody besides the kink to get there. Totally. I mean, I really really think there's something to like, um, if you, you know, read Carl Jung or Joseph Campbell about just sort of a collective or a shared unconscious of stories because it's just part of our human experience and sex is a huge part of the human experience and has driven so many crazy things in history. If you think about that. (laughs) Yes, it really has. And so I'm going to take a break for our sponsors. And when I come back, we're going to talk, we're going to dive a little bit into um, just where porn's at today and where it's going or headed or things that you would like to see different. Um, or things that are positive right now. All right. Uh, you're listening to Phone Sex with Lily Show, and I will be back with Sarah Valmont. Okay, so far so good? Yep, so good. Okay, I'll jump right back into it. And I know to be careful with asking you weird questions that makes you say bad things about other companies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want to do that either. <laughs> okay. You're listening to Phone Sex with Lily Show, and we are back with Sarah Velmont. Hello. Hello again. Hello. So before the break, I was asking about where porn is at today and where do you see it going? Um, what, what do you see, like an overall view of the industry? How, how do you see it? Big question. Wow. Um, <laughs> An open I, question. <laughs> yeah. Well, as a writer from my, from my humble vantage point as a, as a smut peddler of words, um, <laughs> I, I think it's exciting to see the industry embrace uh, porn with stories and we're seeing that more and more. Um, it's not just, I mean, and then there's still plenty of, you know, 20 minute, scenes for people who are you know that they're there for a certain purpose and that's that they don't want a story um and that's totally okay too but it's exciting to me to watch all the talent and creativity just just come out from everywhere in the industry 
Um, whether we're looking at like a biopic, like Casey Kisses, just won the AVN uh, for mm-hmm. her story. Yes. Um, and and just over time, um, you know, we released Mirror Game, but then I think it was Misa X released a, like a werewolf movie. Um, you know, it's just, it's so exciting to see all of the creativity that comprises this industry. And it takes on so many sizes and shapes and interpretations that you're never going to be bored as a fan. Oh my God. Like we're more exciting than Hollywood, I think, because we don't give you shitty reboots. Right. (laughs) Right. Now, and, and, and as far as, um, Oh, where was I going with this one? (laughs) But, um, so, it, it, there is. It's full of, you know, creativity, people just coming from every angle with different stories. Um, do you think when it comes to male and female um, viewers, are is there a difference between what they're wanting and needing compared to each, like each other? Um, you know, that's that's the eternal question, I think, where the answer is always changing. Um, because we know that men experience sex differently than women. Um, but it's really cool, especially in my work with Shush, to become more and more aware that women are consumers of porn too. And women also are very visual and very excited by a lot of what people have dismissed still, you know, Oh, we, women don't want to see that. Yes. Um, yeah, no. Um, but women, women have, have just as much of a multifaceted fantasy life as men. Um, and I think, you know, in both, in the cases of both sexes, the real desire right now is the escapism, you know, because look at the, I mean, I hate to like, you know, belabor the point, but with, the, with current events, with the world that we're living in, with all the existential stress, it's like, no wonder people are looking to adult to have that release and that joie de vie, right? I mean, even yes. like, it just feels like nothing in the mainstream is positive, particularly because like, uh, here's a case in point. One of my girlfriends was all excited about the Sex and the City reboot and we watched it and it was like, oh my God, this is, this is so depressing. I mean, <laughs> this is terrible. This is so, yeah. this is so not the, the happy, sexy little escape that fans wanted. And escape is the big keyword, right? Um, cause we're looking to, for a minute, just pretend that CNN and COVID and all the stupidity does not exist. Uh, we True. just want to have fun when we're decompressing at 10 PM on the couch people are looking to to shed some of that skin that they've been carrying all day and if mainstream isn't going to allow that uh opportunity then yeah no wonder you're coming to porn and going could you please give us some some happy endings and some orgasms yes you know like like we carefree fun yeah we want to feel good (laughs) we do and we want to also be free and i think when in in porn, it allows you to, you know, all your kinks and your, the things you think is weird, you'll find it yeah. and realize it's not that weird. And, and and even if it is weird, which I really don't call anyone weird because <laughs> I would have to call myself that too, but it's really, it's okay to have all those weird, per yeah. se weird, you know, fantasies and kinks. And it's great when you see it and someone is telling you or you're watching them do it and it's just fine well in my other life when I was a historian um and I read a good bit about you 
know, obscenity laws and porn through the ages, we'll just call it Uh fascinating stuff. Um, But, you know, all of this, uh, you know, people can be like, oh, I'm so, you know what, take comfort in the fact that none of this is new under the sun, probably. And there are exactly there are going to be fellow kindred spirits or fellow freaks, whatever you want to identify. Yes. And it's going to be okay. You know, they can't burn you at the stake this time around anyway. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and that's what, you know, people will come to me about the the mommy fetish and they'll be like, well, is it weird that I like to call him my real mom, like mom and not, not step mom. And is it weird that I, you know, I'm like, oh man, there's nothing we haven't heard. <laughs> We've heard it all. The the shrinks of the world, you know, like, I mean, no offense to actual therapists, but I think in the sex industry, we we see even more, you know? Yeah, because you're not telling your therapist about the things, you know, about tying up your balls and setting it on fire and stuff like that. (laughs) Or or my favorite personal tale was um, the time I fell on my paintbrush you know, he, he fell on it. It was just there and, and it went up his ass. I, what are the odds? What are the odds? Okay. But is that how he got into putting stuff in his ass or was he making a, a story of how he likes to put things in his ass? Yeah. I was going to say, I suspect that the person involved in this story was a, a, a lifelong um, butt lover. And this was just his way of trying to rationalize a trip to the ER to his family. Oh no. <laughs> Oh no! There are a lot of people out there, I think, who are struggling in silence or trying to make up excuses, like, "Oh, I was just vacuuming." No, I wasn't putting my dick in the vacuum. (laughs) I didn't get it stuck. Right, like the the floor is still a mess, but the vacuum cleaner has been running for like ten minutes now. (laughs) I mean, the stories of you know unfortunate. Yeah. It's always when it ends up in the ER is when you get busted. <laughs> the ER doctors, this probably, yeah, I don't, they probably blame us. And it's like, no, it's not the porn. No, <laughs> it's not. It's- we get the ideas from them. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, what really needs to be out in the open is, okay, so I have this part of myself that I need to embrace in a discreet manner. Yeah, I love the vacuum and (laughs) I need to go to a real toy shop or find a a partner who shares this with me. Correct. Yeah, get the right apparatus for the right job and everything will stay out of the ER. (laughs) Speaking of apparatuses, I co-produce Sex Talk Tuesday. Oh, yes. It's it's a blast. It's um it's every other Tuesday we've gone to kind of like a bi-weekly schedule. Um and we just had Auntie Vice on, who's this delightful uh writer, podcaster, super fabulous person. And the topic was uh, the sexual bucket list. Instead of New Year's resolutions, it's like, okay, what are your sexual goals? Um Yeah, the you know, fuck it bucket yeah. list. Yeah. And it was a great response um, all around. But one of our longtime participants is like, well, this and my other apparatus is what I usually go to. And I'm like, thank you for telling us about your apparatus. You know, this is what happens. Uh, just, just the word stuck out in my brain. And I remembered, oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, so you do this show on um, Tuesdays, every other Tuesday, twice a month. And you bring a special moderator. How do you pick your moderators? Well, obviously, we pick 
interesting, cool people who work in and around adult. Uh, but we've had lawyers on, like porn lawyers, copyright lawyers, journalists um, uh, who promote like their book, like Sophie St. Thomas was on. Uh, we've even had Margaret Cho on in the past. So it's a oh, really- how fun. Yeah, it's a wide, wide, interesting pool of people, and hopefully you will be among them soon. <laughs> I'm thinking of a topic still. I'm working okay. on it. That's fun. That's fun. But you're, but you're coming. Yeah. No, uh, yes, I absolutely would be honored to do it. I think it sounds like just a great time. Yeah, and it's a live tweet event, which um, a lot of people think it's a podcast, but it's like, no, you actually get to be on Twitter, interacting with the moderator and the other participants in real time. And it's just fun. I mean, we get a lot of good memes, we get a lot of good gifts, we get a lot of um, people who, um, ranging from content creators to people who live uh, very kinky or open or swinging lifestyles or just fans. Like you, you know, come as you are, whatever you're into, or, you know, it's, it's so inclusive and vibrant that I, I just, I love it as the co-producer, you know, like it's my job to keep running the show and putting out the question threads in like usually 10 to 12 minute intervals, but I love reading everything and just seeing how different and how intelligent and just, it's, it's amazing. Like people who are able to be open about their sexuality are just really great people <laughs> most of the time when they're, when they're able to talk. It's true. Them, you know? And then and being on Twitter has probably, you know, behind your computer probably allows a lot more people that wouldn't typically speak about stuff like this, get yeah. involved or learn something new yeah, or share exactly. something different. It's probably very liberating for them because maybe they can't go out in public and say, hi, I'm a hot wife and this is my, you know, cock husband. But yeah. on Twitter, they have a joint account and they can rock and roll. And it's like, okay, that's great. We, you know, we have a, a couple of people, um, one of whom is disabled and gender non-binary. We have people who are cross-dressers, people who are swingers. It's just, it's all kinds of proclivities that I've gotten the pleasure of witnessing in the last uh, couple of years that I've done it. And, um, you know, it, it just keeps reaffirming to me that, you know, the adult space is always an inclusive one at its best. It is. And that we mm-hmm. really need to keep it that way. Um, because I just, uh, you know, I think of the harm that's been inflicted on people when they haven't been able to just be there themselves and, yes. and feel supported. And so it makes me happy that Sex Talk Tuesday is always going to be like, okay, cool, come as you are, welcome. You know, like, um, yeah. and we love the different opinions because depending on the moderator and the topic, the discussion can go in so many interesting ways. Oh, yeah. I can I can't even imagine. I can't wait to join. When is the next one going to air? So what weeks are we on and off? So we're off this week. So probably um, early February 1st, if my person gets back to me, that'll be the next Tuesday. And then we're right after Valentine's Day. Okay. And what time is it on? Um, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. So if you're Pacific, it's going to be a little earlier. Um, if you're in Europe, it's 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 a late night. Um, but we did a survey trying to figure out like what is the best Wait. possible time slot. And it's just, it's so hard. I wish there were time zones. <laughs> yeah. Or if you could even read, well, I guess you can't interact if you, you know, re- pre-recorded it like I do. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, oh, if, if only, if only we took over the world and you could just join a chat anytime. Right. <laughs> right. Yes, that would be great. <laughs> okay, so the next one's going to be um, around February 1st. 
Um, Sex Talk Tuesday, that is on Twitter in the spaces at 8 p.m. Eastern, you said, or 6 p.m. Eastern. 8, 8, 8 p.m. Eastern, yeah. Okay, 8 p.m. Eastern. Got it. And what do you have upcoming? Like any upcoming projects that you're allowed to speak of? Um, well, um, you know, I'm putting together some more erotic stories this month. Uh, and, you know, those will probably be more ghostwritten. But the big thing is I'm working on a, a project, several projects for Shush. Um, we're, we're hoping to be able to shoot this while it's still cold outside because the season and, and the, you know, kind of the frozen winter is very much an element of the story. Um, so I'm actually handing in a, a formal treatment, but I mean, we already know kind of the script at this point. Um, and then uh, Mirror Game, because of how well it's it's been received by the fans, um, you know, we're, we're working on, you know, taking that story forward and I've storyboarded into the future and have stuff. And it's just really funny because uh, I'll randomly, you know, this is, this is the occupational hazard of when you know a writer, they'll start talking in story, like at random. Uh-huh. And I'm like, so yeah, Angie, I was thinking of blah, 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 blah. And it'll be like, you know, late at night and she'll be like, can you just do me a favor? And Maybe, maybe tell me about it in the daylight because I don't want to get scared. <laughs> now, you've but done horror, you right? It. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so Makes sense. <laughs> well, it's a sort of like Mirror Game is, you know, an erotic supernatural thriller. You know, it's, it's going to be more of that going on. So and she's like, um, yeah, let's wait till the daytime. <laughs> Can you tell me in the daylight? And I'm like, oh, really? So then, you know, also uh, I'll, I'll find like, artwork or whatever and I'll just be like oh boy a concept art and I'm a night owl right so it's nothing for me to be uh prowling uh, the hallway late at night on my computer doing whatever because uh I also do copywriting for cherry tv and they're on European times so sometimes it's like yes they're the opposite yes (laughs) yeah so like it'll be like my super duper late night and they're like morning and we'll be like having a little chat on slack um, but I'll be like, oh, oh, I see a really cool, scary thing that we could probably pull off on a low budget. Oh, I'm going to send this right away. So poor Angie, who wakes up at the crack of dawn, wakes up to my scary messages. <laughs> oh. It's like, you, she's like, oh, why did I do that? <laughs> but I bet you she appreciates your, your storylines. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very lucky to have found such a wonderful friend and creative partner in her, um, for sure. And, uh, yes, she actually saved me from Hurricane Ida down here. So, uh, oh, wow. She's phenomenal. She puts up with me scaring her and she rescues me. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. And, and my dog. Oh, <laughs> and what kind of dog do you have? I have a Maltese named Napoleon. Oh, how cute. Yes. Oh. Emperor. He's very much an alpha male too, which is, which is pretty on brand for me. And um, he, after dinner, will hump his cow, you know, after the evening meal. So if I have guests <laughs> over, you know. Did you um, say his cow? Yes. He has a purple cow. Okay. Um, <laughs> this dog has been with his bovine mistress now going on eight years. He's very loyal to her. And every evening, you know, he has his moment with his cow. And I'm thinking, you know, you have your cow someone else maybe has an alligator and that's okay some people have bob yeah it's a whatever that is adorable if, if you come to my house and eat dinner like invariably as as the table is clear <laughs> people 
relax with their wine or whatever that my dog comes out with his cow and begins the evening show. So, okay. That is classic. You're like, come on now, go take that in the room. (laughs) Of course you're at my house. Of course that's my dog. You're like, this is private time. (laughs) You do those things and you shut the door. (laughs) That's great. I have a a beautiful Himalayan cat and she's just sort of learned to like, stay back because if he tosses the cow and she gets hit in the face, it's. <laughs> I'm getting visuals on all this right now. It's yeah. quite the evening at your house. Uh, yeah, apparently, but it's like, See, it's- that's where you get your inspiration right there. It starts right there every night. <laughs> I think there's, there's an ambient level of mojo. I got asked this by some guy who's like, so like, do you get like horny all the time? when you write and yeah you know civilian straight boys question and I'm like you know I'd like to think that I have an ambient level of horniness or just sort of a mojo that simmers away quietly in the background that (laughs) we don't don't even think about it right we're just like like when you came on here and you're like oh I was shooting uh, there there was a there was a a penis and I was like oh yeah good good for you (laughs) well you know we because we've heard it all we just say it like it is right Pretty much. We do. Well, I'm so glad you came on today. And it's been really neat getting to know you and what you're doing and what you're all about. Congratulations on your awards and your future of what you have coming up. And I'm still going to work on Angie coming on the show. I will. I will nudge her along too. Um, Yeah, you're going to be my pulling force. And Colin gave me a few tips on how to get her on. (laughs) Be very careful. (laughs) He he told me to. He told me to tell her if you're standing in front of a producer, give them an erotic pitch. And that's 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 how she could do the phone sex part. And he said, just don't call it phone sex. I told her, I told you just send, send snacks, you know, that that's, that's my Taurus boo. I, I yeah. I'm going to have to get details on what kind and then I'm going to do it. We're, I'm hoping to get her on here. Cause I would love to hear some more about S or triple S H. Yes. Triple S. Shush. Yeah. I would love to hear more about that as well. Well, I will let you go. I appreciate your time. This was great. And we will be signing off now. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much, Lily, and uh, keep doing what you do. Oh, thank you. I'm going to keep trying. You too. You're listening to Phone Sex with Lily Show. Okay, let me finish. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Phone Sex with Lily Show and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch episodes you may have missed, go to Spotify, Anchor, or SkyhawkAfterDarkTV.com. Simply type in Phone Sex with Lily Show. For the latest from Lily, you can follow her on Instagram at real underscore Lily Craven and on Twitter at Lily Craven XXX or message on Facebook at Lily.Craven40. Thanks again. Until next time. <laughs>